You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 54 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we talk about the real issues Christian parents face today and help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges related to them. Next week, Americans will celebrate Thanksgiving. So today, we're going to talk about practical ways you can cultivate a feeling of thanks living, meaning a gratitude that goes beyond one week out of the year. So before we get started, I want to remind you about our new podcast feature available when you visit our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Once you're there, you'll find instructions for downloading five scripture-inspired verses and prayers you can pray for your family right away that will help you cultivate this attitude of thanks living that we're talking about today. And they're 100% free. So just visit millionprayingmoms.com to grab today's prayers. And can we ask for a little help from our friends? If you're enjoying our podcast, would you do two things for us? Number one, please share it with your friends. This episode and our last episode are so timely and important for many moms, and we would love your help in spreading the hope and the encouragement. And number two, leave us a rating and review in your podcast app, wherever you're listening right now. That really helps get Million Praying Moms to more listeners, and we would be so grateful for the feedback. Absolutely. Okay, so one more thing before we get started. If you're inspired by today's episode, you really need to grab a copy of our guest's newest prayer journal, Everyday Prayers for Thanksgiving. I personally started this journal today in my quiet time and was immediately refreshed by remembering what God's word has to say about being thankful. I think it's something we all need right now in the season that we're in. So timely. You can find a link to it in today's show notes. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody. Happy uh, weekend eve. That's what I like to <laughs> I hear people, or Friday Eve, I guess you could call it, like anything to get us through the end of the week, you know, and I think it's the day before Friday, which is the day before the weekend. We can make it. (laughs) It does feel like that a little bit to me, um, Erin, because our kids are on a hybrid model of going back to school. So they're on, they're in school all day Tuesday and all day Thursday. It's like, we actually don't have to get up quite so early tomorrow. Nice. So it feels a little bit like this is Friday for us. Hooray! So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm Erin Mooring. And I'm Brooke McLaughlin. And we're the co-founders of Million Praying Moms. And we're super excited to be here with you today. Yes, this is one of our favorite things to do is getting to talk to you guys in a way that seems like we're all together which is kind of the best we can get right now (laughs) anyways. Um, So it's always been one of our favorite things, but especially in this time when we're not getting together with people as much, this is our community. And it feels so nice to feel like we're talking almost face-to-face with you and sharing things that are on our heart. And that's why we love this community so much. So thanks for joining us today. 
Absolutely. We are excited to be here with you guys. And I think, um, I think it's a timely message, Erin. I think yeah. really, uh, really, really timely message. So we're anxious to get started. Yeah. So today we want to focus on finding ways, intentional ways to cultivate gratitude and thankful hearts in the midst of a year that has at best been trying <laughs> and at worst downright devastating for some of our million praying moms families. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the reason that I personally wanted to do this show today is because of something that I believe we're all feeling and we may be all feeling it in different measures, depending on how severely your family has been impacted by 2020. And I know we all feel it on some level, but it, it just depends. And that is the big looming question. When is this going to end? Like, yeah. when is this going to end? For me and my family, that's been the hardest part of COVID, not seeing an end in sight. It isn't necessarily that hard to stay positive and look for the good in things when you know that it's temporary. Even if you're going through something that's really hard, if you know it's temporary, it's easier to get through it because there's an end in sight. But this feels really different. We don't know when it's going to stop. And the reality is that, I mean, you know, we're heading into the cold winter months when people start to get sick, um, even if it's not COVID related. And the reality is that it could get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And I, our family is feeling that really hard because my husband works in healthcare and uh, a lot of things that are not out there, we're hearing behind the scenes and the fatigue and the exhaustion and the overwhelm that's happening seems to be ramping up again. And it's, mm -hmm. and it, it is, it, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, but we feel like today's show is going to bless a lot of you who might be feeling down, who are feeling like gratitude is kind of hard to come by right now. And on the show, we're going to be sharing unexpected places to find gratitude and, you know, practical ways you can look for it as a family. But first, we wanted you to know all about our newest prayer resource, Everyday Prayers for Thanks Living. Notice the, the difference in the word there, Thanks Living, written by today's special guest, Julie Kiris. So again, 2020 has given us a lot of reasons that we can gripe and complain, right? It has not been hard to look around your life and find things that are frustrating or that you can complain about or feel overwhelmed about, or maybe for some of us even feel downright depressed about. It's not hard to find those things, but for the Christian, that's me and that's you. If you are a believer in Christ, there's good news really, really good news because we have something to be thankful for no matter what the world around us is experiencing. So I want to introduce you to our latest prayer journal. Like Erin said, it's called Everyday Prayers for Thanks Living. And it is a 20 day, a beautiful, I might add, 20 day prayer journal that we intentionally named Thanks Living. Yes, we are releasing this book in the month of November when, when the United States um, celebrates the holiday of Thanksgiving, but we really wanted to help you with this journal, with this prayer journal, to be able to cultivate um, a worldview of Thanksgiving that goes beyond just this month. And that's why we called it Thanks Living. It's learning to live in a constant state of thanks. And we're excited to be able to get this into your hands. It is a beautiful 20-day prayer journal. And, and I think it will beautifully help you all as it has helped us 
to be able to focus on what really matters and pray through God's word on the subject of thanksgiving and gratitude. It's been huge for us to be able to go through this. And it just so happens to be written by Julie Kiris, who is our our special guest today. So we're excited about that. Yeah, but before you run right over and grab your copy from our shop, we first want to tell you how to get your digital copy for free. Our Million Praying Moms Circle members get that for free. Your membership is just $8 a month, and it gives you digital access to the current prayer journal, which this month is Everyday Prayers for Thanks Living, as part of that membership. And if you're more of a paperback journal kind of person, we get it. (laughs) We have both options. And All Circle members get 20% off the paperback journals. So (laughs) at the risk of sounding like an infomercial, which I feel like we're watching a lot more TV this year, and I've seen a lot of commercials or quasi-infomercials. So, but wait, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) Circle membership also includes monthly live prayer meetings with us inside our private Facebook group, which holy cow, have just blessed my socks off this Mm -hmm. year. So good. Early access to every single sale, product launch, and events before anyone else. You'll hear about it first. We have a private Facebook group with Brooke and myself, Amber Palmer, Gina Smith, and all the Million Praying Moms writers in there. And there's other exclusive deals, discounts, free prayer prompts from us. There's even monthly book giveaways. I mean, there's, it just could go on and on. And as a member, you get our Everyday Prayers Foundation's digital library. So all of our foundational everyday prayers are included in your membership, and they're there for you to access at any time. Plus, that 20% off discount coupon for any additional Everyday Prayers print products of your choice. So like we said, you're paying $8 a month for the membership, but you also get a discount on the paperback ones if you choose to use that. I'll tell you that I've really gotten used to using the digital ones on my Kindle and just keeping a notebook where I write everything out. So if you're like, I really like to write things down, that's how I've adapted it. I've been using these everyday prayers on my Kindle and using a separate blank journal to write everything out in. So if you're like, I don't want to spend the membership and pay for a paperback journal, there's different ways to do it. It's, it's really customizable for you. So, so much stuff for just $8 a month. So before you head over to get your copy in our Christian mom shop, which you're welcome to do, if that's more of interest to you, visit millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle to check out all those benefits. Cause I know I went really fast and you might need a recap on it and get signed up over there. Awesome. All right. So let's get on with our topic and meet our guests for today. Julie Kiris is a wife and mom of two young boys, just like me. Well, mine are not that young anymore. Mine are teenagers, but it reminds me of me. She's the author of the blog, Happy Strong Home, where she shares encouragement, tips, and resources for parents who long to simplify life and grow a happy and strong family that loves God together. She's a homeschool mom, and she's passionate about filling her boys up with the precious and pleasant riches of knowledge through great books, poetry, and nature. I might come live at your house. Just saying. It sounds really good. (laughs) Sounds pretty great. (laughs) Julie loves to help other moms find joy in the journey and shares lots of fun resources on her blog. She is the author of our latest prayer journal, Everyday Prayers for Thanks Living, and she is a contributor to the ministry here at Million Praying Moms. Thank you for joining us today, Julie. Tell everyone a little bit about you and your family. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was such a kind introduction. I'm so excited to talk to you guys and your all the members that I sometimes see in the circle. So hopefully same people watching. Um, so a little about us. Uh, my family is we live in Connecticut. So we have that whole Four Seasons lovely area. Um, and I do have two boys. They're 10 and 8. And they are um, just very adventurous. And they love their Legos and their um, nature walks. And so we do a lot of both of those things. My husband is a school teacher. So actually, you know, he's been going through a lot of the same things as Brooke, your sons with the hybrid. He's teaching hybrid. So he has different so kids hard. coming in every day. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so he, he's teaching. I'm homeschooling and, and, and the boys are playing and learning. And um, uh, so a lot of things we like to do is just, you know, be out in nature and garden and do stuff as a family. I mean, I I think a lot of the stuff that we do as homeschooling was actually like kind of a blessing this year because that stayed the same. And yet a lot of things changed because we do like to get out and about and do field trips. And that, that has been really different for us this year. So we've had to modify and adapt in that way. Yeah. I would really like to do a field trip to your area because I would love to be up there and see the leaves this time of year. We were up there. Oh my gosh, Brooke, how long ago has it been since we were in Pennsylvania together? Oh my, a long time. And that was in the fall. It was, but it snowed. Do you remember that? So one of the years we were there, it did snow. Um, We were at a conference up there, like at the very beginning of the mob society ministry, like very, very beginning, like one of the years, I think the year I was pregnant with our youngest. Yes. Um, so that was, he's eight and a half. Mm-hmm. I was thinking so, it had been about eight years. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, yes. It there did. was a huge fall snowstorm in October of 2011. Yes, and so that was. And it like devastated our area. We were yeah. all about power for like 10 days. Yeah, it was yes. it was completely it was crazy and I remember there being women that were at this conference who were from like Florida and had never seen snow. Yeah. And so not only are they getting to see the beautiful vibrant, you know, colors of fall that they don't normally get to see in Florida, but at the same time, they were outside in their jeans and shirts, you know, making snow angels on top of it because they had never seen snow before. It was really a neat, neat time. Um, and it was a, it's a beautiful area up there. We, we love it up there, too. And we're, you know, we're on the East Coast um, as well. And, well, we're, my family, you know, Virginia is on the East Coast. Our family is four to five, maybe even six hours inland. So we're a good ways away from the coast coast. But here in Virginia, we, we get four distinct seasons as well. And have it's been beautiful this year. It's been a really, really beautiful fall here. And I'm right there with you. I'm so grateful to, to live in an area where we get that. And I'll just say a prayer for those of you listening right now who never get to see that because it breaks my heart for you. <laughs> I, I will say here in Nebraska, we got all four seasons in the last two weeks. So <laughs> we hit, we hit um, upper 80s. And then we went to snow and ice and now it's kind of fallish sort of, but who knows how long that'll last. (laughs) You all always get more snow than we do, Erin. And you always get it earlier than we do. So yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, enough about the weather. It's gorgeous, but we could talk about that all day, but let's jump in and focus Julie on helping everyone listening right now, find things to be grateful and thankful for even, and maybe especially 
when those things might be hard to find. That's why we called the show today Unexpected Places to Find Gratitude, because I feel like we're having to look under rocks right now. You know what I mean? Like some of us have really been devastated by what has happened in the world in in this particular year. And I would love for us to be able to work together today to help people figure out how to pull the rocks up and how to look under the flowers and how to look under the leaves and, and where to look in the dusty corners of their homes to be able to find some gratitude and, and some Thanksgiving. I think in my own life, I've found that choosing gratitude is something like putting my glasses on in the morning. I don't have contacts. And so I take my glasses off at night, of course, and put them on in the morning. I I don't have to, right? Like reality says that I don't actually have to put my glasses on first thing in the morning. But if I choose not to, then I am going to, first of all, not be able to see very well. And second of all, within about an hour, I'm going to get a headache. And that headache is going to affect the way that I act and interact with everybody around me for the rest of the day. And if I continue not to put to be stubborn and not to put my glasses on, then that headache is going to get worse. And then things are going to get relationally worse in my home. So while I have the opportunity and the right not to put my glasses on, it seems kind of silly not to put my glasses on, right? And gratitude is is kind of the same thing, or in the terms that we've been talking about here today, thanks living, living with a, a purpose of thanksgiving. It's just like that. We don't have to choose it. God's given us, the, he, he's given us these miracles, these small things to be thankful for. We don't have to choose to see them. But if we don't, then we're going to stop very quickly, stop seeing things clearly and it's going to affect our whole day. So we've made a list of some very simple things that any family can do to change their perspective, put their glasses on, right? And and the outlook of their home. So we'd love to invite you to just share first a few things that, that are on your list that you guys like to do in your home or maybe things that you've heard other people do in their homes. Well, I know I wrote in the book about how we had typically been doing the gratitude tree where we get branches and we hang the leaves. And I do have even like a printable on my blog where I talk about all of that and how we try to really deepen that and make it less about being grateful for things and like objects and a little bit more about being grateful for the people in our life and the thing that what God is doing in our life. And so that's something that um, we had typically done. And I, it's a beautiful vi- visual for kids. But another thing that my kids used to do in one of their kids classes at church, which was so fun and all the kids loved it, is they would play a game called the glory ball and they would just get a ball. It was usually a big beach ball, but I brought my little globe ball. They would just simply toss the ball to someone and whoever caught the ball had to name something they were grateful for and toss it to someone else. And they would just spend five, 10 minutes like tossing this ball back and forth. And you you just kind of never knew when you know, it would be your turn and when it would come at you and you'd have to quick, quick, like say something you were grateful for. And I think it really got the kids like juiced up, like, yeah, yeah, let me think of things I'm grateful for. Like they were like, and they were ready and they were like, you know, waiting. And I think that that is a kind of an exciting, fun thing we could probably do in our homes or maybe even in the car, pass a stuffed animal around. I mean, maybe don't throw balls in the car while someone's driving. (laughs) That would be bad has a squishy stuffed animal and whoever gets the stuffed animal gets to give it a hug and say what they're, what they're grateful for. Um, just I love, a, a way I was going to say, I love that. I, I love that idea with the glory ball because 
if you just ask a kid to sit there and say what they're grateful for, like they might get bored with it. Honestly, Mm. like, let's be honest here. We all have boys that are (laughs) super active and they may get bored with that quickly, Mm -hmm. but you add a ball to it. I mean, Oh, it's a, it's on game. It's on. And it's like a competition then. And so like you said, there's like an urgency to it. So they have to think quickly and that's almost like a good exercise in, in working out the gratitude muscles, because sometimes I know when we'll talk about what are you thankful for? They might sit there like, um, you know, like, and, and be thinking for a long time because they can't do it. But if you have a ball involved and a sense of urgency and you get to pass it on to somebody else, once you say something, I can just see my kids eating that up and making it a competition, but it's also serving a dual purpose there. Okay. So can we go back to the Thanksgiving tree for a second? Cause, cause I've heard about this a lot of different ways, but your way sounds different to me. You actually go get branches. Yes. <laughs> okay. Explain this a little bit further. Cause I know okay. like you have it in the book, but for those listening, give us a little background on it. So um, we go to the yard. Actually, one year, my husband had thrown everything in the uh, the street sweepers come and take all, all our branches and leaves away. And I was like, ah, our gratitude tree. We have no branches. And so I had to go to my sister's and cut down some branches. <laughs> and so we just go get, you know, trimmings from, from branches. They have all the leaves are, are usually dead by the end of October. And we just cut a few. We put them in a vase. And then they have all the branches coming off. And then I just take either some construction paper or I made a printout of of just leaves that are just very simple shaped. And I just cut them out and punch holes in them. And then we just start sticking them onto all the edges of um, of the branches as we write on them every day. And actually at the end of last year, I took all the leaves down and I slipped them all into one of those cheap like photo albums so I could save all of the things. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. I have to tell you, we, we used to do a gratitude tree as well when our boys were really little and I did it differently. And I, I feel like I, I need to say that this might be the most crafty thing I have ever done. And I'm, have only, not- <laughs> I'm only laughing because I know this story so well. And I feel like the second you said we did a gratitude tree, once, I started laughing. <laughs> It's not because it was bad. It was just, you were so proud of your craftiness. I was (laughs) because I mean, guys, like those of you who've been around for a while, you know, it's kind of like this running thing that I don't have a crafty bone in my body. Like I hate crafting. Please don't like, if you want to torture me, take me to a crafting class or, or some, I hate it so much. And I just am not good at it. I wrote a whole chapter about it in, in hope for the weary mom. But I, I did, I got the vision for this, this, you know, gratitude tree. I think it maybe was Ann Voskamp that, that did this to yeah, begin with. And then of right. course, like all of the blogging world wanted to do it. And so I, I got some brown craft paper, like in hindsight, it would have been a whole lot easier to do it the way you did it. Julie. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got, I got some brown crafting paper. Like I felt good even going into the craft store to get the crafting paper. And I paint like while my boys were taking a nap, I painstakingly cut out 
um, a, you know, the tree trunk and then the branches and, and all of this. And I stuck it to our big sliding glass doors in our family room. And then um, earlier that day, I had gotten out construction paper and I'd, I had done their like the outlines of their hands and kind of made them, um, they look like tree branches or, or like, uh, like leaves when you do that. So we had done it in fall colors. And um, every, you know, every morning as we would, you know, get ready for the day or at some point throughout the day, whenever we had time, we would write. I think we even did this when our boys were not like, I don't even know that they were writing really well yet. And so I would write on there what they were thankful for and then stick it, uh, tape it onto the tree. And then by the end of November, we had this just like glorious looking thing on our, our back window. And I'll never forget that. It was so precious. Um, and I, I just loved it. So any version of that is, is really good. And, you know, if you want to, like, if you're really crafty, there's ways you can do it. And if, if you're not, then, you know, you can do that too. So I love this because it's, there's something for everybody. You don't have to be a big time crafter in order to find ways to bring gratitude into your home. An alternative to, to the gratitude tree that a friend of mine does is a gratitude pumpkin. Um, if you're, if you were here, if you scroll in fact on down a little bit, if you're watching on Facebook right now, if you scroll down a little bit, or if you're not, um, if you're listening on the podcast, you can go to our million praying moms, Facebook page and see a visual of what I'm talking about. My dear friend, Jamie, and her family have this glorious big white pumpkin that they put in the middle of their dinner table. And then throughout the day, they will go and add things with a Sharpie. They'll write on the pumpkin things that they're thankful for or grateful for as a family. And, and everybody has to contribute something throughout the day. And um, it's just a really neat thing, um, neat way to to not only see what you're thankful for, but to see what other people are thankful for. And I think some of these things make our kids think and they make us think because you do get, and you mentioned this in, in everyday prayers for Thanksgiving, Julie, that sometimes you get past the obvious things, you know, like I'm thankful for my bed and I'm thankful for, you know, my pillow. Like you just, you come up with the obvious thing. I'm thankful for mom. And then you have to pause and really think about, okay, beyond these normal things, that I really am thankful for, what else am I thankful for? So it's a great exercise in, in working your brain a little bit, I've found. I remember you sharing that your friend did that several years ago and our family did it. And the kids loved the idea of, I get to write on this pumpkin. Like, that's so fun. And um, I heard a friend say that they couldn't, they didn't have access to pumpkins or they were worried about it going bad or whatever. And so they got like, one from the store, like from the dollar, you know, like a, a decorative pumpkin and use that. And you could also get a big one. And I noticed your friend, they write really small, right? Like around yes. it. So when we did this, we ended up having each kid have their own pumpkin because they were right. They were young and they were writing really big. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hinder them, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but if you wanted to, and you wrote really small, you could keep and did a decorative one, you could bring it out every year and keep, you know, adding to it, which would be really cool to be able to look back and see what were we thankful for last year. Oh, I love that idea of keeping ah, them. Yeah. Almost like, <laughs> I almost think I like that better than having the real pumpkin, because then those can become a part of your fall decor, you know, just this is, these are, and even maybe to put the year on there and the date or whatever, so that you would know, that's beautiful. It's probably a good time to go grab one of those pumpkins. That's what I was, 
Hot in here. Yes, everybody clearance. go get your clearance pumpkins right now. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. All right. So, Everybody's making a list right now. Go to the crafts, yes. go to Target. No, don't buy out place. every, all the craft stores before we can get there. And this is over. Okay. Leave one for us. <laughs> there you go. I love that. Okay, okay. So this particular friend of mine, she has um, like her, her kids are older. There's, she's got a 16 year old, um, a 14 year old, and then she's got a little one. So this is that pumpkin thing. Like you might think, well, these are all just things to do with little kids, but they're actually not. You can, you can do these with any age group too. Yeah. Okay. So mine is like totally not anything like what you guys were just talking about. We're talking That's about great. craft and like physical stuff. This is something, you know, I feel like 2020 has taught me a lot of things about how to deal with disappointment and, um, to deal mm-hmm. with change. That's been a really, really, really big one for me this year. Um, and my my word for 2020 was present. And I feel like God's been teaching me a lot about how to be present and content in the present with whatever's going on. I think Brooke and I have both mentioned the book Every Moment Holy before. Um, it's just a beautiful book of prayers and liturgies that are just for everyday stuff. So mine is inspired by one of the prayers in there, which is my favorite one in the entire book, which is called A Liturgy for the Ritual of Morning Coffee, which I, I read almost every single day. I think I have it partially memorized now because I've read it so often. But in the prayer, um, it has this section. So I'm just going to read it to give you some background on what inspired this for me. It says, from the discords of yesterday, resurrect my peace. From the discouragements of yesterday, resurrect my hope. From the weariness of yesterday, resurrect my strength. From the doubts of yesterday, resurrect my faith. From the wounds of yesterday, resurrect my love. Let let me enter this new day aware of my need and awake to your grace, O Lord. And for me, that inspired the idea of um, naming the disappointments I'm dealing with or the hurt or that and taking a breath and remembering what God is doing through that. And I feel like this year, that is where I've found a lot of gratitude in figuring out what he has done through the places that I've been disappointed or hurt or let down in different ways. So this is going to sound kind of weird, but The whole idea, and I think this is good for kids too. We're talking about a lot of crafty things, but how about a second to make them pause when they're upset about something or disappointed or worried? Like there's a lot of anxiety going on right now to just breathe out whatever they're feeling. So for me, there has been a lot of like not being able to accept the unknown or like the feeling of what's going to happen next, Lord. And then to think of something good that comes from knowing that, and that would be breathing in that God is in control and that he does know what's next and being grateful for that. So they're going to be focused on being grateful for material things or things that they can see or that God has like, like I won the spelling bee or I did this, you know, like things that are really concrete. So let's take a moment to, acknowledge what's not good and breathe out the disappointment of that and just have them be over-exaggerated. So 
in, this is a good moment. Like when my son's, uh, show choir concerts were canceled back in the spring, that was huge disappointment. And I had a hard time accepting that. And I had to just, okay. And then remember, you know what, this is teaching them how to deal with disappointment so that the next time it happens, they, it will not crush them. It will not ruin their world. You know, things like that. Or when you're dealing with things being canceled, you know, being thankful for the time with family or, you know, things like that. So can, how can you replace the disappointing things with gratitude for what is there instead? I'm just thinking of all these times that we have an opportunity to lay down our discouragements from the day before and receive new hope from the Lord. And so just, it's like a replacement exercise. And for kids, um, I know that in one of their classes, they did something like this in the elementary school where they laid down and thought about things like this. Another way to do it is to have them hold on really tight to whatever's making them mad and then think of how God can help them in that and how he is helping them in that. And, you know, just like, th- you know, throw it out there and, and, and be done with it. So that's way not creative or anything like that, but it's been powerful for me and then for my kids to be able to recognize a disappointment or a, or a bad feeling and find gratitude for what there is instead or what could be. Yeah. I love that. A take, we have a similar take on that, that we have done off and on for a long time in our home. And that is to um, have a high-low for the day, uh, especially at night. Sometimes my older son, my older son really loves to do this. And so sometimes he'll even remind me if I forget, mom, what's your high-low for today? And so we'll just have a talk about it and share you know, the, the point that I really liked that you mentioned, Aaron, is that it's not necessarily wrong to confess or admit where we're caught up, you know, what's what's troubling us. It's it's a good thing not to stuff those and to talk about them if you need to. And and same for our kids to just say, okay, what's your high low? And and then usually I like for them to start with the low um, so that we can end on the high note, right? So we talk about the things that didn't go well that day. And then we circle back and say, but this is what did go well today. And again, it's, it, I think the imagery there is that it's forcing us to lift up the rock and look at what's underneath of it. And sometimes I have to think really hard. And sometimes I've, I've just had to say, you know what, sweetie, I didn't have a low today. It was a really good day. I can't think of anything that was that mm-hmm. bad. And on the flip side, there have been a couple of days when I, when I would say, I don't really have a high today. This was a terrible day. My high is that Jesus loves me. That's my high. There you go. (laughs) That's all I got, but that's enough, right? That's, that's good. It's something good to focus on at the end of the day. And if all you have is the love of the savior, then you have everything. So it's a different take on that. And I think the, the, these more conceptual things where you're talking about something is great for our older kids too. Um, the younger kids can definitely get the high low, but the older kids really get it. It connects with them. And I think so many of them want to be heard, especially boys. They don't want to have to give like this well-defined um, answer for things like high low is super easy uh, for them to just be able to regurgitate. And it can even be one or two word answers. It doesn't have to be more than that. So that's a different way, to, different take on that. 
And I really loved how you, um, Aaron, even with uh, going back to the breathing it out, you still made it so very tangible for children because I think they understand that like holding on and letting go type of thing. And with the high low Brooke, I love that. I'm going to have to start doing that with my kids because they don't like anything long and drawn out. They want it to be quick and fast. (laughs) Yeah. I do have to give a shout out to Sissy Goff. Um, I had seen one of her posts about dealing with anxiety in kids. Mm -hmm. And one of her ideas for bedtime is that whole like tense everything up in your body and then let things go gradually throughout that. And it helps relax them and let, let those bad feelings go. And I feel like we can do that mentally too. It's like, acknowledge this is what's frustrating me. This is what's hard. This is what I'm really mad about. And then, but this is good, but God is good. But this instead, those types of things, it it can be physical and mental. Yes. Yes. And I know, you know, sometimes I think we make it, we make it harder than it needs to be to be grateful. Like, and when you think about like sending thank you cards or having gratitude, we make a lot of lists. And I think it's really good to make lists, um, and really good to write these things down. But one of the things that we also do in our family, and we've talked about this a little bit, is worshiping. And one of the ways we do that is simply by singing hymns almost every day in our homeschooling. We have a hymn time, and we've focused um, this month on some hymns about gratitude, like for the beauty of the earth. And in years past, we've learned um, Let All Things Now Living, which is a beautiful, beautiful song sung to a folk tune that's very pretty of course people probably recognize you know we gather together to ask the lord's blessing but i just think sometimes we don't have to ask kids to to name things sometimes it's too much <laughs> if we could just borrow someone else's words and just mm-hmm. sing them it, it it has the same effect of helping us to see that you know god is good yeah, I love that. You're speaking to people who love music too. So that's a that's a big deal. Erin was an elementary music teacher in her previous life. Um, my boys are extremely musical and music has been a huge part of our lives as well. In fact, when our boys were really little, I struggled to get them to sit still for any kind of devotion whatsoever. Um, there was somebody in the in the circle Facebook group just this morning talking about the how discouraged she would get when uh, when she can't get her boys to sit still and listen and engage in a meaningful way in any kind of devoted devotion time. And so I saw that there was this cycle happening. Like I would try so hard to come up with something that was good and on their level. And they didn't want to sit still because for my boys in particular, sitting still equals death. It still does. It's still really, really hard for them to sit still. So I, for a long season, just gave up on doing any kind of sit down devotion whatsoever and uh, incorporated things like songs for saplings and seeds worship, um, things like that, that would help them to memorize scripture. And they didn't even know they were doing it. And so it was like, I was being kind of like sneaky back alley, like devotion time, you know, Um, they didn't even realize that, that they were having devotion time when they were singing you know, these, these things. And, and now at 13 and 15, I mean, it's been quite a while since we listened to, to songs for saplings, but, but my younger son who is 13 still remembers some of those. And I would bet my older one does too, but I know my younger one does because he never shuts up and sings all the time. So I know what he's doing. (laughs) 
But yes, music and worship can be just a beautiful way. And the cool thing about worship is that it really changes your perspective. It really forces you to get your eyes off of yourself and put them on God. And that's one of the very best things you can do if you're looking for ways to feel a heart of gratitude. That's what I was just going to say is that with kids, especially when you're asking them what they're grateful for, it's going to be things they can see and things they can name this toy, this food, this, you know, X, Y, Z things that are right in front of them. And worship is putting our gratitude in who God is. And that never changes. And that's huge. I mean, in, in a season where everything is changing, nothing is the same from day to day. It literally feels like I am going to get through today and we'll see what tomorrow has in store for us. Worship reminds us that our gratitude to him is not wavering because he never changes. And if we have that mindset, it makes it a lot easier to um, rest in our gratitude because it doesn't depend on what happens tomorrow because he's right there. And Brooke, it had me thinking, we just recorded earlier this week, our session on the Lord's prayer for busy moms. And it had me thinking about, um, we should be starting with praising God and thanking him for who he is, because that's how the Lord's prayer is laid out for us. It is laid out in a way that praises him and and thanks him and recognizes him as holy first, and then asks him for our needs or then gets to, you know, even, even thanking him for his blessings to us should be secondary to praising him for who he is. And so memorizing that as a family is a no brainer because it puts that perspective and those priorities in the right order. Absolutely. The Lord's prayer has very quickly become one of my favorite things to pray. And I feel like really diving into it and digging deep into it and looking at it just in a, in a deeper way than I ever have has been so good. And I will say this, I listened to Elizabeth Elliot, which man, don't we miss her? Don't we need more Elizabeth Elliot's in the world? Mm-hmm. I listened to her teaching on the Lord's prayer a few weeks ago and took pages and pages of notes. But one of the things that she said at the very get go, at the very start of her, of her talk was that when she was being raised, when she was growing up in her parents' home, they had to memorize the Lord's prayer. And she said, you know, I've known each and every word intimately of the Lord's prayer since I was a little kid. And she said, I don't know that I really knew what it meant until I was an an older adult who was much more developed in my faith. But she said, I think my parents just took the position where, you know, kids are, kids' minds are going to get filled with all kinds of things uh, from the world, why not take it and fill it with scripture? Even if they don't know what it means right now, let's fill them so full of of the Lord's prayer and other things like that, that um, eventually one day you'll see fruit from it. And I just thought that was beautiful. And I immediately went out and, and bought a print of, of the Lord's prayer <laughs> and we're memorizing it as a family now because I just thought that was so great. So I, I love that one. It's a, it's a beautiful one. Anytime you're memorizing scripture as a family, it's beautiful. Have you ever wondered what in the world the Lord's Prayer has to do with your life, a busy mom? Maybe like us, you memorized it as a child and have prayed it a thousand times in church, but never really stopped to think about how it applies to you and your precious family. Brooke and I recently had the pleasure of recording our newest session for the 2021 Homemaking Ministries Online Conference. 
It's called The Lord's Prayer for Busy Moms, discovering the deeper meaning behind the way Jesus taught us to pray. I think my favorite thing about this session is that it proves that prayer is really not rocket science. It's good. It's holy. Sometimes it's harder to do than others. And we certainly need to remember who we're talking to, but literally anyone can pray. And Jesus showed us exactly how. If you have trouble knowing what to pray or how to pray, you're invited to join us for this session as a part of the upcoming conference. Just visit bit.ly forward slash Lord's Prayer for the number four, Busy Moms, to learn more. I know another way that is is good to kind of get kids kind of out of their heads is when you have them do like service projects. And I know a lot of times during Thanksgiving, there's a lot of like donating to food banks and things like that. Um, my extended family all just came through COVID. And so um, we actually did last Friday, we did a mission of mercy because <laughs> they, they're, they're well, thank the Lord. They're well. And, um, but we took the kids and we went shopping um, and just got treats and flowers and games and, and that, I think for my kids, it did shift their perspective because usually when they're at the store, of course, kids, they want the treats and the games for themselves. And we were like, we are going to fill up a bag of fun stuff for other people. And it just did shift their perspective a little bit, like to be, you know, gratitude can be expressed through giving and serving. I don't know. Do you guys do have any service projects I was just gonna I was just gonna say that I I have to laugh at this because I'm deep in Hallmark Christmas movie territory right now (laughs) like my husband makes fun of me because our whole DVR is full of Hallmark Christmas movies and I watch them as I work or you know whatever as I work out during the day and he caught me the other day um like recording like setting more to record and he's like there's more and I'm like honey there's like four more every weekend. So just buckle up. It's going to be full. <laughs> Anyways, this made me think of it because so many of those movies, you have someone that is self-obsessed and worried about X, Y, Z, their, you know, whatever, their life, their love life, their uh, job, all of that stuff. And they go and they end up seeing someone in need or helping or serving in some way. And it changes their life. And it's very dramatized and it's very cheesy and I love it so much. That's what I mean. It's just, this is, this is my thing. This is my time, but it is a very dramatized picture of what you're talking about. It, you have to be in those moments of serving others or seeing people that are doing their job, serving others to really get it and to really be grateful for what they're doing. You know, some of these are based on, like military families and all of that. And somebody just doesn't get, you know, like why we're fully, you know, so thankful for what these families are doing or these military people are doing. And then they go and serve on the base for, you know, families or whatever, and their lives are changed and they end up working for them and, you know, whatever. But that that's how it is. Unless we're in it, unless we're seeing the sacrifices of others or the needs of others and helping meet those, like, that experience changes our, you know, our minds and it helps us be more grateful and it helps us be more grateful for what we have and what we're going through. And it really does change our mind. And thank you, Hallmark Christmas movies for illustrating that so cheesily and wonderfully. (laughs) 
I love that. I haven't watched a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies, but I did start watching them a little bit last year and I can totally see how they are addictive. And Erin, I know you guys are going to be decorating for Christmas this coming weekend because we've had that conversation. We will not be at the McLaughlin Home for Boys until closer to Thanksgiving, actually maybe even after Thanksgiving, because I'm just that Scroogey person. My husband calls me Scrooge. Um, He would decorate in September, but I really like to put up, put it off until the last second. So we're wait a little bit longer, but, but yes, it is very addictive for sure. I I caved this year because it's 2020 and I need more Christmas joy a lot earlier. And my husband is thrilled. Like he was ready the day after Halloween, like let's go, let's do Christmas. So, okay. I think we have to um, acknowledge. um, I think we've gotten through most of our ideas, but I was just going to acknowledge one of the things that changed gratitude for me and how to do it. And so two different ideas on how to use it and boss camp and, mm-hmm. um, and 1000 gifts was huge. I think if you were a Christian woman in the mid two thousands and 1000 gifts did not get into your head, I don't know how, because <laughs> it was everywhere. Like everybody was talking about counting your gifts. And the whole idea was three a day. And you could get to a thousand, was it in a year? I think something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So I had a little moleskin journal, a tiny one that I put in my purse and carried it with me everywhere. And, or sometimes I would leave it in my nightstand and make sure I did three before bed. Um, And there was just something about numbering them and seeing them adding up. And I think that goes along with what you shared, Julie, about the whole ball thing. Like, for my kids, making a list and seeing that adding up every day, you know, not starting over at one, two, three every day, but we're at 151, 152, you know, that type of thing. I think that's really powerful. And I think it's also motivating, like to keep up that streak of counting gifts and adding to it all the time. So if your kid can write, they can do that. Like they can learn how to spell things as they count down what they're grateful for. And I always challenged myself to not write the same thing, you know, more than once. Now I might get, you know, two months down the road and forget that I had written this and that's fine, whatever, but I'm not going to write coffee, you know, five (laughs) days in a row, even though I am grateful for coffee five days in a row, but just the idea of expanding your mind of what you're grateful for. And she really also challenged everyone to be grateful for hard things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for me, the, um, all the kids activities getting canceled in the spring was just hard. My oldest son was an eighth grader. So these were like his last middle school concert, his last middle school, this, his, you know, he made it into eighth grade, all state band, no concert for that. All of these things that was hard. And I had to recognize, like, I'm grateful that we had more time together because as I look back on it, he was starting high school in the fall and got way busier than he had been. And we had so much time together and we started all these new traditions and all these new fun family things together that we're still doing because, because of that extra time when everything was canceled. So you can go to 1000 gifts route and just keep a simple list and keep it going. It's really easy for anybody to do. But you can also write down those hard things and then come back to it later and say, I'm thankful for this because I saw God do this, you know, in it later. So 
maybe you have a thousand gifts journal and maybe you also have a journal where you're writing down the disappointments and coming back to it and recognizing what God did when you were disappointed. So that whole, I mean, Brooke and I have talked about this a million times. There's just something about writing it down. There just is. And it, it is powerful um, to have that act of actually physically writing it down. Um, And so you could take any of these ideas and do it in that format where you're writing it or having a kid draw it or, you know, if they can't write, they could draw what they're thankful for that day. And there's just so many different ideas. And I love that each of us have different things in our families that work. And because that highlights this whole community, you're going to have different things that work in your family and in your home. And you don't have to do all of them. Like disclaimer, do not do all of these. (laughs) I've been there. It's horrible. (laughs) Pick one or two that fit your family well and do those and you'll see such a difference. Yeah. And I really love what you're saying about writing down the hard things and going back because I think one of the things I talked about in the everyday prayers for thanks living was my struggle to be present because I am a planner and a thinker and very analytical. I'm always like looking at what happened before and trying to figure out what the next step is. And I never, am like here in the moment. And so um, I like that because it gives you the chance to acknowledge the past, but say like, well, what is happening right now? You know, and if right now is hard, you can set that down and then later you can go back to it. And it kind of, it kind of brings it all together. I was actually reading um, in the Thanks Living Journal today and going to Psalm 77, where David talks about, um, I will remember thy wonders of old. And I think kind of what you're saying is like, sometimes we can't see what the wonder is until we look back and say that was, he's talking about being in a really hard time in this passage and he's remembering the wonders of old. Like we can't see it until later. So it's good to write down those hard things right now because you're going to see it later. What was going on and what God was doing. Yeah. 2020 is definitely showing us that, isn't it? (laughs) We wanted to sneak in quickly today to let you know about our pre black Friday sale going on in the Christian mom shop. We are absolutely in love with the tons of new mugs and prints and prayer journals inside of the Christian Mom Shop, and we think you will be too. Okay, Brooke and I both love a good big mug that holds a lot of coffee, so all of those mugs are now just $15, and our beautiful prints are just $5 downloaded as a PDF. I have one on my mantle for the holidays right now. Oh, I can't wait to download mine. And I can't take any credit for this, you guys. All of the mugs, all of the downloads, those are all Erin. Those are all her beautiful talent, um, her beautiful design talent. So you really need to go check them out right now at christianmomshop.com. And remember, if you want them to arrive before the holidays, lots of great gifts there. It's safest to place your order before November 26th. Go take a look. All right, Julie. Okay. We always love to wrap up shows with our guests sharing a favorite verse they're praying over their kids right now. So Julie, do you have a verse your family is praying on this topic of Thanksgiving? Um, We are are praying. um, One of the things we do in our homeschool is the Charlotte Mason affirmations. Um, I am, I can, I ought, I will. And the last one I will, the Bible verse, I always put a Bible verse with, with each of those. And a little phrase, um, and I know people have different ways of using those. This is how I do it. 
it might not be official, but <laughs> we say I will be grateful for challenges um, is our final thing. And, and our Bible verse is First Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we, we say, we try to memorize and pray this verse that in the challenges, we can remain grateful because it, it's God's will for us to go through these things. And so we're like, it goes perfectly with what you're saying about writing down the hard things um, when we don't, we don't do that. But I, that's something I want to look into. But we say to ourselves that when we face challenges, there is something to be grateful for in that. And that's because God is willing us to go through it. It's, you know, he's concerned about us and he has that will for us. And so we, we pray that in everything we can give thanks um, and that we acknowledge that it's God's will for us to, to go through hard times and to be challenged. And whether that's a math problem or 2020, <laughs> um, it's, you know, to God, God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so um, he has asked us to give thanks through those challenging times. So that is the particular verse that we are praying for when it comes to being thankful in our family. Awesome. I love that so much. Julie, thank you for being here with us today. Uh Thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you online, where can they find you? So I spend a lot of time on Instagram and that is at at Julie Kiris, um, K-I-E-R-A-S. And then I'm at my blog, happystronghome.com. And I'm sometimes on Facebook, Happy Strong Home. All right. Well, thanks again, Julie. We loved having you on here. It's, you know, we love all moms, but you know, boy moms have a special place in our heart. Because <laughs> well, we get so it. We we do get it. And we are really thankful for your contributions to Million Praying Moms and your latest resource with us. So remember, head over to millionprayingmoms.com forward slash the circle to get signed up for our circle membership where you'll get free digital copy of everyday prayers for Thanksgiving or visit our store at christianmomshop.com to grab either a digital or a paperback copy of everyday prayers for Thanksgiving. And we will have all the resources mentioned today in our show notes early next week. And you can also watch for this episode to go live on our podcast. It will be there if you need to need to listen while you're in the car. So thanks again for joining us, Julie and everybody else here. You're welcome. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.